Welcome once again to Drops of Pura Vida. I'm Paula, and today we have a very special guest, our very own Avital Miller. You, you've heard her before, we've been together before, and we are here once more to share with Avital all her knowledge. And Avital is a best-selling author of the book Healing Happens. She inspires people to experience boundless energy, absolute happiness, and true success to live the best life possible. She draws her wisdom from being a program manager at Microsoft, entrepreneur, yoga, and fitness director, and living in a spiritual yoga community. Today, she is an awarded uh, international keynote speaker, healing breakthrough facilitator, and a global dancer. So welcome, Abidal. How are you Thank today? Thank you. I am fabulous and even better now that I get to be seeing your smiley face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know how I am. I'm always myself. <laughs> but you know, that's part of the healing process. So Abidal, tell us a little bit about your book, Healing Happens. Yes. My book, Healing Happens, Stories of Healing Against All Odds. And here's my book. <laughs> we'll get a visual. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is a personal story because people are like, what is a program manager from Microsoft doing involved with healing today? <laughs> I have a mechanical engineering degree. Yes. <laughs> so well, some of us like to do 180 degrees changes, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or even just go in both directions at the same time, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is today we can pull things together from different areas. But here I am with my science mind and I'm having health challenges. And the doctors tell me that I'm gonna have this autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be on medication and here's a bunch of supplements that you can take and that's it. They don't tell you, they didn't tell me that I could heal, that there was anything I could do about this to make the situation better. And I start to read what are the reasons for this type of treatment plan, which seemed like it was a workaround or a band-aid yes. and not necessarily going to heal me. And then what is going to happen as I age, there's side effects with this. So there's definitely a part of me saying, well, gosh, I don't really want that to happen. And then there's another side of me that says, all right, well, if I'm living with this for life, I'm just going to go learn how to live with it, how to do my best with it. It's kind of like being put into an arranged marriage and you, know, you don't have a choice of having this partner. They're just going to be your partner for life. You're going to be living with them. You're going to be sleeping in the same bed as them. So hopefully you want to make the best of the situation, get to know them and see how do you communicate? How do you work well together? <laughs> That's what I did. I started reading online. I read books. I went to different types of medical practitioners to learn more about it. I even studied one-on-one -on -one with an Ayurvedic doctor in India. Wow. And all those things really, really steadied me. The next thing that happened, though, was I went to a, um, a yoga community, and I actually moved in, and I started meditating regularly. 
after a couple of months of meditating, I wasn't feeling well, which is not supposed to happen for meditation. So I went to the doctor. She ran some tests and she said, well, you're not feeling well because you're overdosed on your medication. Wow. I'm like, oh, okay. So I changed, changed my dosage and then leveled out, was feeling good again. And then it shifted again and it went downhill again, not feeling well. Back to the doctor. Doctor runs the tests and doctor says, you're overdosed on your medication. Wow. In the meantime, I keep meditating more and more, longer meditations, learning new techniques. And this pattern went on for four years. Wow. Slowly tapering me off of the medicine. It's not an overnight. You know, it, it took time. Yes. And we don't get into our challenges overnight, so they don't always leave us overnight. Yes. But when that, when that happened, I just thought, wow, well, if this could happen for me, what could happen for other people? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, um, what, what's your experience with other people, you know, trying to achieve healing? Because the book is amazing. It tells a story about all these amazing people who have overcome diseases, very difficult diseases, and, and how they did it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, One of the first stories in the book, one of the first people who I ran into who was actually in the book was Trish Davney. And this, this is what's happening is I'm going around and I'm sharing healing techniques so that other people can learn. And I go do my things. So I go to yoga. And I, this morning I'm going to restorative yoga. And in restorative yoga, there's normally no sound or maybe some teachers like to play this calm music off of the eat mp3s and you just lay around you get to relax but i walk in and here's this beautiful lady with red hair with a few crystal bowls around her and she is going to accompany the restorative yoga session with these sound bowls and then she explained that she actually was so into that because she was diagnosed with hepatitis c given six months to live wow. and yeah and and she just believed that you know kind of like i did but she went about life uh to the best that she could and she just randomly comes across one of these sinking bowls and she sang with it she didn't even know but the sound just comes out of her as she's playing wow. the bowl it was so fascinating She takes it home. She's playing around with it. Three months later, she goes in for her testing and there's no sign of the hepatitis C. Wow. That the doctors funny. called her like her, their miracle patient because they had no clue how she healed. There was nothing that they were doing that was going to help her. She did wow. research in sound and found out that it does have a lot of healing qualities and abilities. And she started increasing the number of bowls that she has. So now she has this huge fleet of 10 to 20 crystal bowls and she takes them wow. all over the country doing That's programs amazing. for other people. That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, and this is over 10 years ago. Yes, but there's so this many unexplored yeah. fields, right? About around um, healing and the power of our own thoughts to heal. Um, 
Can you tell us more about this? Have you discovered mm -hmm. like a pattern in all the people that have been able to heal themselves? And what's that pattern? Yes, it's kind of fun to look at the success strategies that were used in the people who I interviewed in my book. And my book, I interviewed 17 health and healing experts of all different kinds because I wanted their stories like Trish's that were pretty extreme where things turned around. And I wanted to know what they all did. What is being done in common? When they help their clients, what is working for their clients repeatedly? The first one that comes up is having a reason to live. Now, we all could have a reason to live. So there's a choice to have a reason to live. There's putting energy into that reason to live. And there's also being open-minded enough that that reason to live is something that is possible and is okay for ourselves. And the reason to live for people spreads so many stories. A lot of people, it's about raising their kids. It's about enjoying their grandkids, the impression that they're going to make on their grandkids. I just did an interview right now where that was one of this man's main drivers. Is, is he going to be the grandpa in a wheelchair who doesn't have a life? Or is he going to be able to have experiences with his grandkids? Uh, and then you have this woman who stayed alive because she wanted to finish watching a soap opera series. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that was, it, it doesn't been, matter. It must what have been a very it? good soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> They But told great. her, just take all your money and go do something fun. You just have a few months to live. She called the TV station and she said, how long is the soap opera contracted for? They said it's contracted for five years. She goes, all right. And she put all her money into her TV subscription. <laughs> for five years <laughs> but it's great i mean if it worked for her it's uh, it's very unusual but it's a pretty yeah. valid choice i, I mean <laughs> it's a choice at the end right yeah 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 uh but there you have and you know one of those stories was mamie jean lamley And she actually was told she could never have kids. And then she ended up having three kids. But yeah. after those three kids, she was told she had cervical cancer. And she, the first thing was, well, I want to live for my kids. I want to see them grow up. So I'm going to decide cancer does not equal death. And the doctors are taking care of her body. And they do one surgery and they think they're going to get all the cancer and they don't. And they have to do another and they think they're going to get it all and they don't. This is building up frustration for Mamie. Mamie is also, her kids are in Colorado. She's in Hawaii. While all of this is going on, she is far from her kids. <sighs> she needs to figure out something to do for herself to keep herself calm so that she could still be a supportive mother for her kids. She discovers the mandala. Do you know what mandalas are? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening who might not know, mandalas are these beautiful patterns, these designs that are actually used for spiritual ceremonies in India, where they draw the bright colors in chalk on the ground. There's a spiritual significance behind them, but regardless of the spiritual significance, it's very soothing to color. And as adults, we've, we've given that up. We've sort of forgotten how soothing and wonderful it can be. 
and all of her friends start doing it because it seems like this great thing to do. Yes. And then all of a sudden one day Mamie goes, you know, why don't you put a question down with your mandala and I'll do an intuitive reading for you. She didn't know she had the ability to do intuitive readings, but all of a sudden there it is, this wonderful gift coming out of her will to live. And how do I handle this disease? But having those kids and being happy for those kids was a huge driver for her. Yes. That's where we get into that that reason to live. And then what happens next? We've got these ideas of what we want to live for, right? And then we have somebody coming along saying, no, no, that's not possible. I was told that this was disease for life on medication for life. You know, nothing you can do about this. But there I am lowering my dosage of medication, things just changing. I was lucky I switched to a doctor you know, who's more open-minded to that potential happening. Um, but what do we do when all of this happens? Doctors, you know, science is amazing and it doesn't know everything yet. Yet. There are nearly 130,000 people who die a year in the United States from taking medications as prescribed. And then I find over 200 stories of people healing beyond their doctor's prognosis. So what are we going to believe? What are we going to listen to? I believe doctors are meant to help us heal, not tell us when we're going to die. Yes. Nobody is meant to tell us how much we can actually accomplish. Yes. So many times people are putting limitations. We have people like Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, Walt Disney, Dr. Seuss, Albert Einstein, Lady Gaga. I could go on with all of these names of famous people who have accomplished a lot. But at one point, you know, Oprah was fired from her first TV hosting job. Steven Spielberg had trouble getting into film school. Albert Einstein was told he wouldn't amount to anything. Lady Gaga was told she doesn't have what it takes to be a pop star. Yeah. <laughs> there she is. There was a Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. One of the, you know, most credited things a pop star could do. <laughs> so they didn't listen. Yes. Yeah. So there's the key. Don't listen to everything. Yes. You can do what your doctor tells you to do. You can follow that advice. Nothing wrong with that. But if they tell you you only have four to six weeks to live, you don't have to listen to that. Yes. Maureen Bell was told she had four to six weeks to live from a type of cancer called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Her son came to visit and she was about to die at this point. So they're ready to just say goodbye. She's in hospice, 85 pounds, morphine patches, oxygen tubes. And you know, I say this with joy because I know what's coming, right? In the story, this is what's so fascinating. But her son remembers the strong single mom who raised him who knew about natural healing. He asks her, why didn't you fight? Why didn't you fight? She goes, oh, do I have a choice? Choice? She realizes she has a choice. From there, she starts heal. The second thing that happens is she is told that chemo has certain side effects. And it did for her. She also then researched what was in the chemo drug and realized one of them was made from her favorite plant. You ever hear of periwinkle? Yes. Yeah. 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 Look at the smile. Those of you who can't see this, you just hear this. The smile that comes on 
Paula's face when she hears about <laughs> this flower. Well, you imagine now Maureen's going into chemo and she's like, oh my gosh, periwinkle's going in my body. <laughs> How beautiful is that? And I love yeah. plants. Yeah. So normally it takes 10 hours for all of the drugs to get into her system. This time it only took three. Wow. Normally her urine would turn blood red. This time it stayed its normal color. Her hair was growing back and she was gaining weight and the nurses were wondering if she was being given a placebo. Doctor said, no way, we can't do that. Not in her situation. Wow. Yeah. Yes, this is awesome. Yeah. So we don't need to listen to everything, not everything. Yes. yes. And it's also very important that we need to make a choice. That, that is very important. The, the moment you decide something, all your actions, your thoughts, your energy go to that. And it's so powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even if you sit there, those listening, those watching, and, and you just you make a statement about something that you have heard recently where somebody said that is not possible. And it's very easy for ourselves to fear that a situation that we don't like in our lives right now cannot change. So just notice how you feel when you think that way. But now just put in yourself, what if I have a choice? So you don't even have to believe yet that there's a choice. You just start to ask yourself the question, what if I have a choice? What are some other possibilities for me? How do you start feeling now? What do you start thinking? When you start to open your mind to possibility. Yes. Just open that door. Open the window. Not even the door. You can open the window. Let some fresh air in. Say, is there a possibility here? Yes. But then you open the door and you walk out the door and you start taking yes. those actions. Yes. Taking the little baby steps of doing what you can do. That's my number three key takeaway is to do what you can do. Brooke Goldner had lupus so severe that she was on chemo for two years in high school. She's thinking she's going to have a short life, not have kids. That's it. Regardless of that, this man, Thomas Tadlock, falls in love with her. And they get engaged after only one month. And here she is thinking, she became a doctor. She wanted to help people experience less pain. So she's thinking, I'm only going to wear a white coat. I didn't know I could wear a white dress. So if I'm going to wear a white dress, I want to look fabulous. Thomas, that was his job. He would train the TV, you know, video stars of MTV, those of you who remember MTV, of how to get rid of their party pooches quickly for the next video. But there was one change to his diet because Brooke was a vegetarian, which meant that the diet she was put on was actually a vegan diet, which she wasn't vegan before. She's eating tons and tons of vegetables. Four months later, right before she gets married, for her routine checkup, there's no sign of lupus. Wow. She's remained lupus-free for over 13 years. She's still married. She has two beautiful boys, thinking she could never have kids. Wow. One change, her diet. Now, the nice thing, too, is this is do what you can do. Maureen Bell did not go on a vegan diet. Yeah. She shifted her mindset. 
That, that's a question. That's a very interesting question. I probably know that a lot of, a lot of people are going to ask themselves like this question mm-hmm. is that we tend to think that we have to go for the solution and the actions have to uh, be the right kind of action. The, I have to do the right thing to get the result that I want. Uh, what if I'm doing it wrong? Uh, what if I'm not taking the proper steps? Um, what, what have you learned about this with, with all these people that have that found a way to healing? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, the stories are, are different for a lot of people, right? There's some people who just accept the diagnosis and then they kind of run into a miracle that creates the shift. And there's other people who are trying to heal and they're trying and trying and trying. And they are going after one thing, after the other, after the other. And some people have nearly lost hope. They haven't completely lost hope because they didn't stop trying. So you do not know if what you are doing is going to help you or not. You don't know. Yes. But if you give up hope and you stop trying, then you cannot get anywhere. Yes. If you believe there is no solution, you close the window and you close the door. Both are done. Yes. The other side I will say to that question, because I'm a type A personality, and when I had my health issues and this person says do this and this person says do that, so there I am doing, doing everything. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and driving myself crazy doing all these things. But part of the problem is not just that I was doing too much. I was doing things I did not like doing, like taking these disgusting tasting tinctures, tons of pills. And I also realized in that moment of getting so sick and overwhelmed, sick of doing these things, that... I intuitively knew for every single thing that I tried, if it would help me or not. And I decided I was only going to do the things that I had an intuitive message about or that I enjoyed. Awesome. Great. And I didn't have to do as many things anymore and I still got better. Awesome. Great. (laughs) Great. So yeah, I would say that any take any step that makes you feel better or keeps you motivated to move forward and you will see things actually moving forward yeah now there's also an idea to remember that it doesn't matter necessarily if you have a healthy body if you're not happy but if you have an unhealthy body and you are happy then you're happy you're doing well <laughs> so that, that's the other side of that is you do what you could do because it's, it's what you want to do. It's what makes you happy. Yes. There's going to be some discretion to that. Yes. Uh, you know, if something doesn't feel good in your body after you do it, even if it made you happy while you do it, you might have to question that. You might have to find a replacement, uh, you know, and pick something different. But when it comes to choosing your healing techniques, is focus more on the ones that make you happy. A close relative has a serious case of cancer. She's very inspired by my meditation practice and what she hears about meditation. 
She goes to the local yoga studio. She's sitting in meditation. And this is what's going through her mind. This is going to help my cancer. This is going to help my cancer. Cancer, cancer, cancer. What is she thinking about? Cancer. Cancer. What's she going to get more of? Cancer. Pro- probably. Well, we don't know for sure, but very likely. Yes. I'm more unhappiness, discomfort. Yes. And then she realized like, okay, yes, I acknowledge that meditation is a good thing. And I need to just do the things that I love. Not the things that remind me of the disease. Yes. Yes. That's, I love that because we tend to focus on that, that we want to avoid. And by focusing on that, we're actually making it stronger. So it's, it opposes resistance and it, it doesn't help us um, because it, it makes it more present and it makes us more living in worry and, and, and stress, which you, you know is a, is a subject that I usually talk to in my content with my audience. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so what should a person focus on when trying to heal? Just happiness? Is there anything else you can suggest? a person should focus on to get better? Yes. Well, the first one I'll remind people is to focus on your reason to live. Sometimes focusing on healing is counterproductive if you're doing that with the thought that there's something wrong. Uh, okay, I will tell you this story real quick. But this, the first woman who's known to heal from ALS, she's given six months to live, she grew up with polio. Her body was not pretty in terms of societal standards of what pretty is. She made herself sit in front of the mirror completely naked for 20 minutes, at least a couple times a day, and make a list of what she liked about herself. Right? First, it's a really long negative list. And then it took her the whole 20 minutes. That's why it took so long to sit there to come up with at least one positive thing. Oh. Right? And then the next time, one positive thing. But eventually, her positive list got longer than the negative. And then eventually, there was no negative. And then she started regaining the functioning in her body. She got up out of the wheelchair. She wow. healed from the ALS. Oh, wow. Wow, that's, that's, that personally touches me because, you know, my father passed from ALS. Oh. Yes. So yeah. it really personally touches me because I know how hard can, it can be. And it's, well, it's amazing because I, that's considered a pretty somber diagnosed mm-hmm. to be, yep. to have ALS. So I know yeah. what it is. It, and it's amazing. I, I, this is the first case I ever hear someone actually healing, you know, healing from ALS, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's almost mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so there, there's, there might, there's probably still some diseases out there that nobody's healed from yet. But read all these stories. All of these were firsts. Nelson mm-hmm. Mandela said something seems impossible until it's done. Yes. Roger Bannister beat the four-minute mile when nobody said it was possible. And afterwards, all these other people started beating the four-minute mile. Yes. So believe <laughs> in yeah. the potential. If you want to live, then live your life. Do the yes. things that you love. Yes. Do the things that put your mind in a positive perspective. Exactly. 
simple gratitude journal, five things a night. If you don't want to sit, you know, 40 minutes a day naked in front of the mirror, <laughs> take a minute, write five things down that, that you're yes. grateful for. Yes. Yes. That it's just get started and do something, anything. Awesome. This is great. Now, Avatar, <laughs> yes. Tell us where people can get your book and how can we connect with you? Okay. The easiest way to get the book is go to healinghappensbook.com. Yes. I will write the link. In the on that website. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On that link, you will get access to other resources like my podcast and my blog. I highly recommend you click on podcast and you scroll down and you look for Paula Acuna's name and face because <laughs> I did interview her in my podcast as well. Yes. So those, those are some fun resources that are there. Yeah. And on the website will be my contact information as well to reach out to me directly. But there is a system of online programs that people can follow so that they can have that vibrancy, they can have that glowing health, so that they can maintain that strength and that joy and that energy in their body, but also learn these success strategies and see how you can apply them to other areas of your life. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Avital. I had a great time as always. I, and thank you so much for being here. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to say to, to our people, you know, listening and watching. Sure. I am getting the word love popping into my head and just very simply putting your hands on your heart, breathing into your heart and saying love. 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 That's the <laughs> vibration that we tend to feel better when we focus on. Yes. So focus on that. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And bye, people. I'll see you next time in Drops of Pura Vida. All the links that we discussed will be posted in the comments below. And let us know if you, what you learned from this episode and all the insights that you got. See you next time. Bye-bye.